Welcome, gender conscious friends. I'm your host, Fate Zay. My pronouns are they, he, she, and I'm so glad the simulation brought you here today. This is Our Lives, Gender Included, where I and another gender conscious friend talk about things found in everyday life and how gender, if at all, affects those topics. This episode's topic is polyamory, but before I enjoy our guest, I gotta get the important stuff out of the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the listeners and everyone who helps make this podcast possible, including this podcast's first financial supporter, Daniel M. Thank you so much, Daniel M. Also, if you can, please, please, please rate and review this podcast. If the platform you're listening on so supports it, it is greatly appreciated. You are so awesome. Please, 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 please. And thank you. Also, if you're into the social media thing, all of my links are on my website, therapyfate.wixsite.com slash All the links are at the bottom of the first page with TikTok, which I use a lot. My Insta, which I've been getting into using more. You know, I'm trying to post like at least two or three times a week, but it's hard. I don't take a lot of good pictures, guys. It's difficult. <laughs> um, there's a link to my Twitter, which I basically never ever use. Uh, there's a link to my YouTube, which I've been trying to get into using more, but I swear, I I cannot get the hang of it, guys. There's a link to this podcast if you'd like to share it with somebody. There's a link to the wish list if you'd like to get me a present. A link to my Patreon if you'd like to financially support me in exchange for different benefits. There's also a link to my Redbubble where you can buy my art on different things like cups and shirts and hats and magnets. And also now, there is a link to my webtoon called Pre-Tea. I draw myself as a teacup. And it's Pre-Tea. It's a pun and it's hilarious. You're welcome. I know. You're so grateful to have me in your life. <laughs> but with that, on to the episode. Hello. This is our gender conscious friend, Sky, one of my best old friends. <laughs> um, so, just to get started, uh, how about we have you talk about your gender journey, kind of like how you got to where you are in your gender journey right now? Sure. So, I was um, assigned female at birth, and there were even times when, like, I more than any other descriptor identified with woman, like more, more than white, more than middle class, Mm -hmm. more than educated, more than whatever. It was just like, I am claiming this. And I think, I think that was really just me becoming a feminist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, And then I just was, uh, becoming all other sorts of queer and it got to the point where I was just like, I can't, binaries suck. And so more than dysphoria about my personal gender, it was kind of like a philosophical thing of mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't believe in this anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to start that conversation in as many places as possible. And also 
when I tried out they, them with a group of my friends, it felt euphoric. Mm. <laughs> and so I was just like, I'm going to chase this feeling. This is great. Yeah. Um, and obviously it hasn't been all great, but um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And so uh, they, them and really happy about it. Also, oh, funny story. I don't know if I told you this. So right when I started using pronouns and started wearing pins and stuff, um, he got me a pin. You might have actually seen it. And it had the trans flag on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Because in my head, trans equals female to male or male to female. Yeah. And like... It took me a while to be like, cause, cause I had been announcing my transition and I was like, I'm using the word transition. I think that means I'm trans. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I just was kind of marveling how deep the binary goes that like, mm-hmm. even as I was actively announcing those changes and educating people around me and buying them books and all this different stuff, I was still mm-hmm. <laughs> learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always try not to push because I know some people just really aren't comfortable with the trans label. Like they just don't feel accepted by the trans community, like non-binary people. But like mm-hmm. sometimes I'd be like, but it does count. Mm-hmm. It, is, mm-hmm. it is being trans. Yeah. And it's, it's funny to me because I like, I just, it did not occur to me until I was already in it. And that's just boggles <laughs> my mind. <laughs> Because of course I thought about it. Of course there was this period of questioning and yeah. and discussion and and then oh my gosh, choosing a name was so hard. Yeah. Um. Oh, so that's another piece of my gender journey. I did it. I did it all. So I mm-hmm. went back and I changed my birth certificate. I uh, got an X on my birth certificate and on my um, driver's license and on my passport. Nice. And so all of that just felt really exciting and also pushing for you know I I want people that made those changes in the systems to know that people wanted them you know mm-hmm. and so like the more the more people are using them I feel like I hope the more states will offer it on their licenses or the states will offer it on their birth certificates and stuff and so in addition to it being important important to me I felt like it was a systemic thing that I could contribute to so yeah so the topic for this episode is polyamory. Yeah. How would you define polyamory? Um, so first of all, polyamory, while kind of an umbrella term, is also a term that some people don't like. And I mean, that's true in the queer community in general. We like our jargon. Mm-hmm. But um, polyamory, literally, if you're going to break up the root and the and the the word in general it's many loves so instead of monogamous where it's mono and one um you're polyamorous and you have many loves and so that can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people um some people choose the word ethical non-monogamy to kind Mm -hmm. of distinguish themselves from cheating um but cheating isn't a relationship, you know, like that's, that's, um, yeah, breaking and to do with, with polyamory. It yeah. And so there's a lot of people that 
really don't like it when people attach ethical. And so they'll just say, nope, I'm non-monogamous or I'm a relationship anarchist or, you know, there's, there's lots of different labels, but essentially what it boils down to is I choose what my relationship looks like. And so whether it's finances, living situation, parenting, um, just, just any aspect of your relationship, whether it's sexual exclusivity, um, emotional exclusivity, you can, you can pick mm-hmm. and choose and design what works for you. So for example, I am not emotionally exclusive. So like I have queer platonic partners, I have crushes, I mm-hmm. have all sorts of stuff. And like, that's not even something that I would need to like talk to my partner about as far as like some, some people like to, you know, know what's going on as it goes. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of the assumption that I'm like always crushing on someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, as I start talking about people more, um, then it's a conversation of like, Oh, are you going to go on a date with them? And like, mm-hmm. you know, how much time do you really think that you have for this person? What are you looking for? Like, are you, are you just looking for a partner to go to the movies with? Are you looking for someone that loves musicals. This is actually a real example. <laughs> my partner, my partner hates musicals. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I just cannot comprehend. And so, um, I would love, I would love to have somebody to go to musicals with because it's just so much more fun together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at the same time, he intentionally goes to battlefields and war memorial parks and stuff without me, you know? Mm-hmm. So like even, even though Jay doesn't have a extra partner or additional partner, he still has that like autonomous, like I, I do what I want. Like these are, these are the things that are activities. important to me. Yeah. Yeah. So like, for example, I was out of town last weekend and he just like had a blast, <laughs> <laughs> went, went to the parks, took some really cool pictures of birds, like all this different stuff. It was just like, and, and of course we texted the whole time. It's not like my relationship has less intensity or less of a commitment or less, um, meaning just because I have additional ones as well. Yeah. Um, and of course there are other people that are swingers, like that's under the umbrella of non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. There are people that are, um, you know, they're, they're married, their finances are entangled, they have kids, but whenever they go on vacation together or separate, they have quote permission to have mm-hmm. one night stands. And so like, there's, there's this whole range of like, are you going for a relationship? Are you getting your needs met, met somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's really, so to me, polyamory is choosing as yeah. opposed to just defaulting into the mononormativity of our culture. Yeah. yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, monogamy is, well, it is nice for a lot of people, like, who feel that, like, this is the way that they want to do the relationships. I personally don't feel that right. way. Right. So I feel like it's definitely better to have another option. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. in my relationship, it's kind of the same. Like, I'm basically always just, like, flirting with other pretty people. <laughs> oh, so cute. Ah. And, like, 
unless like I'm actually about to date them, like it doesn't matter because I'm always just flirting with people. I have a right. Right. And that includes hugs and, and yeah. cuddles with, with movies and binging and whatever. Like it's just, I, so, um, there was this metaphor somebody had in a book about marriage and wanting to like be committed and stuff. And it was about how, you know, people don't just wake up and decide to cheat one day. Usually mm-hmm. there's like this buildup of, emotional intimacy with somebody else because there might not be emotional intimacy with your partner anymore for whatever reason. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. maybe it's time, maybe it's differences, maybe, you know, people have been changing. Um, and so the metaphor was, you know, you are supposed to have walls around your relationship okay. and Right. I know my face did the same thing. I was just like, that sounds toxic and claustrophobic and I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) And then they were saying, you know, like if you start putting windows in, that's like violating your relationship because you're letting other people see. And so if you had too many windows then that was leaving yourself emotionally vulnerable, which could and would lead to um, physically available to other people. And I just read it like three times. And I was like, I don't understand how somebody can choose this metaphor and not see it as toxic. And, um, yeah, as someone who's had abusive relationships in the past, it's just really scary to me to think about intentionally isolating yourself from your, from your friends, from, uh, people. And, and again, since I'm queer, I don't the whole, oh, you can't be friends with guys. Mm-hmm. You can't be friends with girls. Like I would just not be allowed to have friends if I had a yeah. jealous partner. Yeah, and that's being like not sexual. I, I <laughs> yeah. can't be friends with anybody. That's- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I've always been really insulted by those types of ideas. And I did in back in high school when I was in a monogamous uh het relationship or pre- presenting het. Um, it was it was rough and I mm-hmm. hated it. And, and, you know, I had to not sneak, but like tone down, like, oh, they're just a, they're just a friend when we were having like super philosophical debates and like existential, yeah. like overlap. And it was so cool. And then I had to like tell my partner, no, 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 it's not a big, nothing, yeah. nothing's happening. Yeah, and so um, that's kind of what polyamory is like, like being able to grow through your connections. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like not being like, I can't go any further with this person because of this invisible thing, this invisible yeah. room, William, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> These walls are so thick. I just, so like everybody has different rules. Um, it's, it's difficult when people first start out because they don't necessarily know what those rules are and, and different people have different levels of, uh, communication skills or emotional intelligence. And those are all things that you gain through, you know, questioning and, and looking at the facts of, you know, this is what my relationship was. What parts do I like? What mm-hmm. parts do I want to keep? What parts felt kind of icky? And like, it's not a symbol of anybody being like, like, I'm not saying that my partner is icky. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that I would like to change this part. What do you think? Yeah. Not like, is that okay? Just having these conversations. And so, you know, people that have mismatching boundaries, maybe they change their relationship a little bit. Um, 
I recently uh, de-escalated. That's a term that we use. Um, so I went from living with someone and, and being her partner for seven years uh, mm-hmm. back to being best friends. And truthfully, like as it was happening, I was holding it very gently, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, like I didn't care at that point if we never spoke again or if we continued being friends, I was ready to let it go either way because I wasn't going to do um, the arguments or the emotional labor mm-hmm. that had kind of pushed me over the edge to, to leave. And so um, it ended up working out or it has worked out for more than a year now that, that we're friends again. Mm-hmm. And that has been super weird for some people, like, like yeah. some family and friends, like they just don't know what to say <laughs> or do. And it's, and it's interesting to me because like he and I had conversations about it, you know, like I explicitly said, I don't care if you stay friends with my siblings. That's great. Mm-hmm. Sounds fun. But it does make me uncomfortable if you start talking to people in an, in a higher generation, like con- continuing mm-hmm. to speak with my grandma, for example. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and so we, you know, we had those conversations and to this day, we still have a little emoji of a traffic light. And so we'll send it if it's like, ah, this topic is getting a little yellow or red or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we can revisit if we want to, or we can just be like, okay, pump the brakes. Like just, just let it be. Um, but yeah, so therapy really helps with communicating better. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to really listen. There's actually something called active listening. Yeah. So it's where you're not planning your response <laughs> as you're listening. And when I learned that, I was like, oh, I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is difficult when you're neurodivergent because you're trying to like make sure you say the correct thing in the conversation so you're not like shunned, quote unquote. At the same time, there's a lot of neurodivergent people that are polyamorous. Yes. And I think similar to how there's a lot of uh, overlap with mm-hmm. like autism in the queer community, I mm-hmm. think it's just one of those things where, you know, we give less fucks. And when I, when I first started learning how much of an overlap there was, I was really intrigued because it made me wonder that if, if neurotypicals, um, would have all these labels and these, these minority identities mm-hmm. if they gave less fucks, you know, like, like I, like I wondered if, mm-hmm. if we were kind of this like hypothetical example of like what yeah. if <laughs> what if we just actually thought about it yeah um and and of course not saying that that any of these groups is a monolith like they don't think like for themselves or, yeah, like yeah. everybody everybody's different and of course there are a lot of differing opinions in there but i just think that there's an over overarching trend of um, questioning everything, whether, whether that's helpful or annoying or whatever, everything in between. Yeah. And I actually, uh, saw something online today about people that, um, people that have questioned their gender and then decided that, yeah, I am the assigned gender at birth. Hmm. And, and the person that was, uh, writing about it, they were like, I kind of almost think of them as like cis plus. Yeah. As like, 
it's, it's, it's different talking to them because they're more comfortable. Yeah. Um, that's why I said gender conscious friends, because like, it's not mm-hmm. just like, I'm not just talking to trans people. Like if you have seriously thought about your gender, I would like to talk to you. Yeah. yeah. Like, but if you're just kind of like going with the default, it's kind of a different conversation. So it's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when did you realize that you were polyamorous? Um, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Cause like I, I legit always was. Mm-hmm. So like I have, I have this memory of being a little kid that was super Catholic and like I'm the oldest kid in my family. And so um, what that translated to in my house was that like everything was G rated while mm-hmm. I was there. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not now, <laughs> but, yeah. but like it was, it was very much like I just kind of had a really long childhood is what it felt like. And so, um, you know, really, really not exposed to anything in and living in these very um, white and rich and isolated communities, mm-hmm. um, going to religious schools. Um, and so I would wake up in the morning and I don't know where I got this, but I would say the names of all the people that I had crushes on mm-hmm. because I thought that the first word of the day had some like power. You know, mm-hmm. like it was, it was going to like set the tone. And so I would literally rank people. And some, some people got like the first name of the day and that was really special. And sometimes they didn't and whatever. And I'm just like, how did I not see? <laughs> and I was like, totally not in the box. Yeah. <laughs> and then later when I came out as queer, the words that I used were, I love everyone. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a couple years later, when I came out as polyamorous, I was like, so, JK, I actually love everyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> didn't really realize that at the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of those, the landmarks that I have. <laughs> um, and then, and then I just kind of went from there. Uh, had a couple different, um, relationships where, there's been, um, you know, more, more than two people involved. Um, and there's, so again, polyamory has all these terms and, mm-hmm. um, I know you know them. Uh, but so my first polyamorous relationship was a triad. Okay. Um, so I actually, uh, there's this married couple that I was working with. And when we were done with the job, we hung out a lot together and I, was just talking about my life and talking about my identities and whatever else. And they asked a lot of questions about polyamory. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then we went from there and like had conversations about like, I mean, I love you. Like I I love you as my best friend, but I'm also attracted to you. Mm -hmm. And so um, we uh, entered into a three-way relationship, which, which people will often say is is four relationships because it's you know a and b Mm -hmm. b and c c and a and then also like the whole group together and that's a lot to manage and so we had um you know challenges Mm -hmm. uh one of them was language um they spoke several languages and i only spoke one um Another was I was the first uh, femme that she had been with. Mm-hmm. So 
there was this element of, again, I love you like a best friend. I have no idea if I'm sexually attracted to you. (laughs) (laughs) So there was like this element of experiment, but I didn't ever feel like she was malicious about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But then we, we kind of figured out that like, no, she's not, she's not attracted. And so it turned into a V of, Mm. of both of us being in a relationship with um, him. Mm -hmm. And that got to be really hard for her. Like once she had some distance from the situation, she felt very strange about the whole thing. And, Mm -hmm. and so like once, once she wasn't as involved anymore, she started getting really uncomfortable. And so, um, we ended up, you know, kind of falling apart. And, um, I actually just started talking to them again, which was really wonderful. And so, um, cause, cause, you know, initially after a breakup, it can be really hard, uh, yeah. to keep talking to somebody, especially when the conversations are just, I miss you. I love you. And it's like, this is not helpful. <laughs> so yeah. when um, the conversations are a lot of the feelings that were just happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm speaking with them again. Um, I had a couple, you know, individual relationships in a series. That's another thing that sometimes people will talk about that they found out that they were polyamorous or non-monogamous, um, because they kept cheating in relationships Mm -hmm. and everybody's got their own journey and that's messy and it hurts you and the other people. Like there's, there's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that that's the way that some people find out like that's their version of questioning um but I'm also just like no really I'm proud of myself that that I communicated well yeah um and it wasn't always pretty you know like there were Mm -hmm. consequences to to saying that I was attracted to somebody or whatever else and so um yeah so I kind of I kind of already like knew that like polyamory existed but I hadn't really thought about it like it wasn't like a like an option sort of um until I met you and she was talking <laughs> about it, and then I was like, "Oh, like real people do that? Yeah, That's a real thing." So like, I had no idea. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. So then, like every relationship after that, I was kind of like, "Oh, okay, okay." So like I would tell them, like, "I don't care if you do anything else," because like I was like, "That doesn't matter to me. Like that makes sense." Like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, a couple of them still cheated on me anyway. But oh wow. It was just like kind of being like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. This is weird. I don't know if it's working. Yeah. <laughs> Until, um, me and Sam, my current partner, who like we were dating in like high school, like when I first started working there, mm-hmm. um, we broke up for a little bit and like to get back together, I was like, before we do this, you, we got to do some research. Okay. Like we're going to have to look up some blood. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Because I am polyamorous, actually, and this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. And then also, I was like, and also, I'm not exactly a lady, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. Take two is completely different. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a lot of like processing and like learning before we got back together. I um, I really love all of the resource sharing and like the articles and the. I mean, I just got some really cool scenes that were people talking about their polyamorous journey and, and it's really awesome that it's becoming more, uh, reported on. So I think I had accidentally started trying to own every polyamorous book 
And now there's a lot of them. (laughs) And so I think I need to stop that. (laughs) But at first I just wanted to be this resource for other people. You know, like I was a literal library because so many of these books are not at the actual library. And And so I I wanted. You are. That's literally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had a hand in the, um, the discord after Mm -hmm. the, the meetup group kind of, um, stopped because of quarantine. Um, and so just trying to continue that discussion and keep that community alive. It's, you know, it's not what it was anymore, but, um, I mean, I posted an article to it today. Somebody Mm -hmm. wrote about, um, finances and how all these different polycules approach finances and it was cool because I helped with that article I actually like did all the networking on Instagram and was like hey all of these like 50 accounts that I follow is Mm -hmm. anybody interested in participating in this interview and several of them did and I was so excited so and the author uh has three different polyamorous books out um that are all memoirs and stuff so it's really cool um so, so you said that I was the one who introduced you to the idea or the term, but also when I was there with you was the first time that I found people like real life in person mm-hmm. people because, um, they were already having the meetups there and I didn't know because I was yeah. only coming in on the weekends and somebody mentioned, Oh yeah, they were so nice. They always tip so well. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who are you talking about? They're like, oh, the poly group. And I was like, I literally fell down. I literally, my my legs stopped working. (laughs) I was just like, what do you mean? Because I remember when I did start using the term, I looked. I looked for people. I looked for a group. And there was nothing. And it never occurred to me to look again. Mm -hmm. Like over the years. Yeah, like double check. Yeah. Or just like, I don't know, make my own or whatever, you know, like it was just, Mm -hmm. it never occurred to me. And so when I met the admins of the current group, they were saying, oh yeah, that year that you checked, the polycule that was running the group broke apart. And so there was no more events. Like they just, they just kind of disappeared. And so then we took it up a couple of years later and kind of like restarted with a lot of those same ideas and those same um, people. And I was just like, (laughs) <laughs> I could have had y'all the whole time. So close. Um, they're so cool. I even actually went with them to a conference um, on polyamory, which again, like we're such. So my my partner calls us sex nerds. That's that's <laughs> what we are. We have we have all the discussions and the theories and the jargon and the classes and the books. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I accept that title with pride. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. I know you said it as an insult. However. <laughs> so, yeah, the conference was cool. Bought a bunch of books. Met a bunch of people. They had this really cute little, like, flirt system where everybody had an envelope that you could put notes in it. It was fun. Um, but then also, you know, we had yoga and a dance party at night. And... There were people that were talking about like privilege in the polyamorous community or how, you know, um, 
Black, Indigenous, and people of color have been practicing polyamory for centuries before colonialism came in and fucked shit up. And so it was just really cool to delve into all of these different aspects of it that I, as a white person, was not exposed to at first. And so then I started reading all sorts of other stuff about and it kind of overlaps with the gender expression too of same same thing that mm-hmm. that that was persecuted very heavily by um colonizers and so just just bringing all that back that knowledge that um respect was really cool so um how do you do you think that your relationships sort of changed after you started transitioning or do you think it kind of stayed the same? So I don't think they changed because of my transition. Um, but they, they changed at the, about the same time. So like I was, um, I was in the V relationship with, with V and J and, mm-hmm. um, I had this moment where I was like, okay, yeah, I don't want many anymore. We're, we're not like, I'm legally just going to scrap the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it was actually really sweet because I had that conversation individually with each partner and both of them had the same reaction of like, well, you can have my last name if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I think I just got proposed to, but like, it was real nonchalant. <laughs> Subtle proposal. <laughs> Right. And so I was, I was, you know, grateful and took it into consideration. It was also considering like all sorts of really cool names of like Harbor or Haven or whatever. Like I really wanted mm-hmm. there to be meaning. Um, and so we would have conversations, uh, at length about all these different names. So, you know, what do you think of when you think of Jade or when you think of Sage or when you think of Starling? I actually went by Starling for like two months, uh, just, just with one of my partners as a way to like try it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really interesting and it ended up feeling like a nickname instead, you know, mm-hmm. because it was only one person. Um, but also like I was really grateful that somebody was willing to help me with like, try it out like that. And I mean, it's hard for me and I have a lot of societal things going for me. And so I feel like the more I push at that boundary and that envelope, Mm -hmm. the easier it'll be for other people to just fucking survive. Yeah. And so with, with the systemic changes and with just those hard conversations with family and, and things like that, like those, those are the things that I'm like, this is worth it. This is worth it for other people too. And I do appreciate you always talking about it. <laughs> right. Um, and I have, and I have some younger friends and they'll talk to me about gender stuff too. Um, which is really cool. We yeah. actually had a conversation about, so like they is singular, mm-hmm. but, uh, my friend was saying, you know, I read something about people feeling like they are many people. Like they, mm-hmm. like they are many personalities, many stories, many, um, you know, 
they're, they're still holding their 10 year old self and they're whatever, like, like, mm-hmm. and it was very witchy woo and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of it for me too, that like I am multitudes and, yeah. um, a collection of everything you've been and like, what yeah. been. and acknowledging the importance of those pieces, even if you aren't them anymore. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really cool conversation. It was totally out of the blue. And she was like, thanks for answering. Like, I didn't, I didn't know if I was allowed to ask. Like, I didn't know if it was rude or not. And I'm like, well, I can't speak for everybody, but like, yeah. ask me anything. Ask me anything, anytime. Love me. <laughs> so, I mean, not as sweet, but I was talking to my stepmom, um, about my pronouns. And she was like, so wait, how do I even use they? They isn't what they isn't singular what are you plural and i was like yeah i'm seven raccoons in a trench coat (laughs) or numerous bees yeah (laughs) and then like i was like no but seriously like you can use they like singularly you know like Mm -hmm. like if you're talking about somebody you don't know you're like oh no i hope they get their wallet and she was like okay Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. she was like you don't actually think you're seven raccoons so are you and i was like no Okay, so before we go, sure, I do have some queer theme games for you. <laughs> the first one is, would you give them a queer happy ending? Okay. So when you signed up, you sent in five TV shows that you like to watch, <laughs> and I picked <laughs> two characters from two of the different TV shows. I'm just going to tell you them, and you'll tell me if you give them a queer happy ending and what it would be in their universe. Okay. So the first one is... Toph from Avatar. Okay, so I'm going to confess, it's been a hot minute since I rewatched. Can you remind me which one that is? Toph <laughs> is the blind earthbender, earth right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, damn, I mean, she already is this, like, queer icon of just <laughs> breaking all of the, like, norms of... I mean, she's so strong. She is so blunt. She is so, um, just like, again, with the gives no fucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what would that look like for her? The why are we doing this anyway? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like she's already living her queer life. To the yeah. best of her ability. And like, have you seen in, Legend of Korra? Right. So I was going to say, like, there's other parts where she just like, again, is just off by herself and just completely fulfilled yeah. and completely like self-sufficient. And, and like, she has family and there are interactions, but also she is just so content and confident in who she is mm-hmm. that like, her identities are never a question. I respect that. That's me. Yeah. Okay. And the second character is Jason Mendoza from The Good Place. So one of my favorite scenes in that entire show is when he um, finally realizes that somebody doesn't say not a girl back. Mm-hmm. And I just, like he's he's so cool that he 
is simultaneously like expressing all this love and and using the terms that that feel right for him for this crazy situation that like how do how do you even articulate it mm-hmm. um but at the same time he's he knows or like he's he's expressing and 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 mirroring what what his partner identifies as um yeah i mean he I feel like he has. It sounds like you're saying he has bi wife energy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But also, he just doesn't think. So, like, I don't think he would ever look around and be like, am I happy or am I not happy or whatever, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like, he just is so in the moment. So, like, there is no happy ending because he's only here, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. (laughs) (laughs) Taking these questions very seriously, okay? It's all right. I know who you are. I know what you're going to do. Um, okay. So with that, our second queer theme game is does this give you gender envy? And the first thing is a set of blue and orange dice. No. I mean, they're cool, but no. I'm good. <laughs> Although I literally today I got two pounds of dice in the mail. Oh, that's dude. I that's literally bought so them amazing. by the pound. <laughs> that's so amazing. I was just going through my dice and I have so much dice. They're like on my desk right now. Oh, that's so these cool. dice. And then my favorites I put in these. Yeah, yeah. So I bought factory seconds because I wanted to get like a bajillion mm-hmm. for a cool project. And um, I bought the wrong one. <laughs> and so now I'm like, okay, do I now just get two more pounds of dice? Or yes. do I try to maybe swap them? <laughs> we'll see what the company says. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, I got the wrong pound. <laughs> okay. Also, uh, a caterpillar on a stick. Yes. I, caterpillars are so cool. Yeah. And not even just because of the whole like butterfly metaphor and transition and shit. Like, like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's profound and that matches and everything. But like, have you seen caterpillars? Yes. Like, there are some that look like snakes. Yeah. There are some that look like bird poop. There yeah. are some that like, bitch, here I am, but I'm poisonous. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I love them. I love caterpillars so much. <laughs> They're wonderful. And then the last one is a half-empty cookie tin. No. This just makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like half-empty because I already got into it. That's <laughs> I always just try to make it a little bit weird so you have to think about it, you know? Absolutely. Although cookie tins are awesome. Yeah. Like the blue ones that always have sewing stuff in them. Yeah. Right? That's the exact uh, image that came into my head. I was like, what? There's actually cookies in the cookie (laughs) tin? Although, so we used to have like really cool um, Christmas cookies Mm -hmm. in in Christmas cookie tins and stuff. And there would be like all sorts of different ones like peppermint bark and like 
sugar cookies shaped like all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think I can only remember one time where those things actually had cookies in them. And then it became the sewing tin. Like that's exactly right. What happened. Right. Exactly. We like never got those cookies and I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> we were like never again, apparently. You only need one tin, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. So thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. I love talking to you. Um, I love talking to you too. I know yeah. we talk all the time in like DMs and stuff, but it's different. Yeah. Do you have anything that you would like to promote? Um, Sophie Lucido Johnson is the author that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I had those three books and the BuzzFeed article. And she's amazing. And we're kind of friends now. Cool. It's so cool. Um, like we're pen pals even. And she sends stickers and stuff. Nice. Which is really cool. Um, and what else? If anybody wants to join our Discord, I could put that in your your link if you want. Cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I don't really have anything for sale or like a book coming out or anything like that. But I want to promote self love. There you go. Good choice. Relax your jaw. <laughs> Relax your shoulders. <laughs> you know you're right. Um, right. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. No I, love you. I love of you. I love you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you again to Sky for joining me on the topic of polyamory. Our Lives, Gender Included is created by Fate Say hosted by Fate Say, edited by Fate Say, produced by Fate Say, and partially financially supported by Daniel M. To access my socials, you can go to my website, lyricallyfate.wixsite.com slash The link will be in the description, and you will find the links to all of my socials on the first page. And if you click on the support page, you can support me financially via a one-time donation on my PayPal, my Cash App, my Venmo, or you can just support this podcast by subscribing to no longer Anchor, but Spotify for podcasters. <laughs> or you can subscribe to my Patreon at the various tiers that I offer in exchange for different benefits. Or you could buy my art and various products at my Redbubble. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day in the simulation.